This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, now we bring you a discussion on Prime Minister's interaction with economists and road ahead. The participants are AK Bhattacharya, economic analyst and Shishir Sinha, journalist. Mr. Bhattacharya, first there were pre-budget meetings with various sectors and now there is another meeting with economist and sectoral expert. What is the message? First, let's look at the difference. Earlier pre-budget meetings were convened by the finance ministry and the finance minister, Ms. Simran Sitharaman herself, was personally present at those meetings and they were conducted with a specific idea of getting inputs for the budget. This meeting is slightly different as in it is called by Niti Aayog and it's a meeting with the Prime Minister. As the Prime Minister himself is reported to have stated that not every proposal or idea or inputs that were discussed at this meeting would come in the budget. So this meeting, in my view, is a little more of a long-term nature, trying to understand and analyze what the problems are and uh, try to work out what kind of strategies need to be looked at. As you can see, the few sectors that were identified, like macroeconomy and employment, agriculture and water resources, in fact, the five sectors of employment, let me give you that. Yeah. The first one was employment. The second one was agriculture and water resources. The third one was export. Fourth one was education. And the fifth one was the health. Among the five sectors which we have just mentioned, which one you think that need most important priority at this moment? This is a meeting that is supposed to look at the long-term challenges or maybe the medium-term challenges or a five-year kind of a challenge. I would say that certainly agriculture and employment are of immediate nature. And when I say agriculture and employment, I include water in that. And when I say unemployment, I include the macroeconomy in that because the two are correlated. And if you look at exports, of course, it requires much greater attention. I'm not too sure what really meaningful can be done at a time when every country is raising barriers to their imports. And education and health are really long-term infrastructure building efforts and steps taken today will bear fruit probably in three to five years or even ten years from now. Now coming to agriculture, we all know what kind of farm distress situation is there. Now another figure which is coming that almost 85% of India is facing a deficient rain or severe deficient rain. Almost the rainfall as of now is 42% below the normal. So what government can do now to give some kind of relief to the farmer? I think not having proper rainfall is a problem and a new challenge for India's agriculture. But let me also say that the actual impact of a bad monsoon on agricultural output can be measured only after the entire season gets over. And once we know that what has been the actual distribution of rainfall and also what has been the area-wise precipitation in different parts of the country. Because as you know, there are states in this country which have taken huge strides in building agriculture to a level where they are far less dependent on monsoon rainfall than they were even 10 years ago. So therefore, you have to see which are the areas where you have seen deficient rainfall. Not having rainfall has many impacts on the ground water level. But if you are 
discussing about its impact on agriculture, I would say that we need to see that what has been the distribution of rainfall and which are the areas where the deficiency has been high so that we can measure the real impact of deficient rainfall on food output. So it's too early to talk about rainfall deficiency and impact on agriculture. Do you expect some kind of change in agriculture or the farm insurance thing which has already been debated and which has already been questioned by many of the experts that it is not giving that kind of benefit which the farmer should get? Well, I think the Fasal Bima Yojana or the crop insurance scheme that you're talking about has made a beginning in a sense. Yes, there are reports that it has not made the kind of impact that it should have, but in principle, I think this idea needs to be given a longer trial before it is actually given up as a bad idea. I don't think it is a bad idea because the idea of crop insurance is a good idea. A farmer feels more assured with the availability of insurance benefits. But I think crop insurance is alone is not enough for the Indian farmers who are dependent on a variety of other inputs before they can make their both ends meet. You need to not only to make them less dependent on government procurement of their crops and allow them to take fuller advantage of the markets, the market rigidities need to be removed and most importantly, the kind of restrictions that continue to prevail in movement of crops for securing a better price those restrictions also need to be looked at. You will recall that in an earlier meeting of Niti Aayog, the very same ideas were discussed and the idea of strengthening the Agricultural Produce Marketing Committee Act as well as the Essential Commodities Act which imposes restrictions on movement of crop across the country, they were discussed. And it is these steps probably will help Indian farmers as long as they are accompanied with other steps like you mentioned about the crop insurance. Access to the market is one issue, but the problem is that the plot size is so small for a farmer to go into market and sell their produce themselves is not very easy. So do you suggest some kind of cooperative mechanism, what we have seen in dairy sector, should be replicated in the agriculture? We have so many farmer producers uh, association which are working after the budget announcement some years back. So do you suggest the cooperative kind of mechanism? Uh, I think you are absolutely right. Already the idea of the farmer producer cooperatives they have gained uh, some traction and we have seen a large number of farmer producer cooperatives, particularly in the western and north western parts of India, they have made uh, headway and I think this idea needs to be expanded and needs to be introduced in other parts of the country, particularly in the eastern part of India. A farmer producer cooperative allows the farmers to aggregate their produce and counter the negative impact of smaller holdings and their smaller output so that they can take on the disadvantages that arise from their fragmented land holdings. So a farmer producer cooperative will help them go to market and get probably a better price for their produce because the quantum of produce is more than what a smaller land holdings would have given. In addition to that, I personally feel that a time has come where the contract farming as a concept needs to be introduced and the Indian corporate sector needs to be encouraged to take up farming through the contract farming methods in a bigger way because if you get the Indian corporate sector and try to remove 
the small notifications and small rules that still come in the way of their larger expansion as a contract farmer, I think it will do a lot of good to Indian farming because it will bring more technology and also it will bring in uh, greater marketing linkages. So I think, yes, farmer-producer cooperatives need to grow, but along with that, contract farming and entry of the Indian companies to get into farming along with the farmers is an idea whose time probably has come. Along with agriculture, as you mentioned about the groundwater label, I mean, water reservoir, we have 91 water reservoir, and the label of storage capacity is much below the normal label. So, do you think that the time has come to relook the interlinkages of river, the report which was produced almost 15 years back? Interlinkages of rivers is a very interesting idea and is also a very controversial idea because there have been many reports that also suggest that interlinkage of rivers create some environmental and climate change adverse impacts. So therefore, we have to look at the interlinkage of rivers as an idea, but we should also be mindful of what the interlinkage of rivers do to the ecology, to the environment in that area. But probably equally important, if not less, would be other ideas of uh, augmenting the water availability to Indian farmers. For example, the free availability of electricity to farmers for lifting water from their groundwater and using it as freely as possible is something that needs to be looked at because water may not be priced, but at least electricity which is used to pump out that water and that water is pumped out and wasted. That is something that needs to be looked at very closely. And secondly, the peculiar phenomenon of Indian monsoons is that almost 70 to 80% of India's entire rainfall comes in just four months. Now, what happens is in during these four months, that water comes and almost 60 to 70% of that water flows out into the sea. So therefore, it is necessary that in these four months, when 80% of your water is available, we must take necessary steps through water harvesting methods, through recharging of the groundwater aquifers, we must take necessary steps. So I don't think water for agriculture is a big problem. It is a management challenge and I think this management challenge can be tackled without much difficulty if only we look at all the possible measures like uh, recharging of water, water harvesting and uh, disincentives for misuse and wastage of water, these steps are taken in good time. And that is why Honorable President mentioned about the water conservation and management in his speech. The other concern is the employment. I mean, we have been talking about demographic dividend, but now there is a concern that whether that dividend will be really available to us or not. So, what measures you are expecting to boost the job creation? Because that is one area where the government is working very seriously. A cabinet committee has been constituted under the Prime Ministership and uh, that committee is working on job as well as the skill development. So, what are the measures which you can expect? I think it's a very difficult issue creating jobs and creating employment for your working age population is probably the biggest challenge this country has faced. Remember that the workers' participation rate in this country has come down to almost less than 50% of 49 or 48% at a time when you have the unemployment problem. Even 10 years ago, the workers' participation rate is to be close to 70%. The problem is you have the workers, but only half of them 
are taking up a job or getting a job. So I think this is a real challenge. My sense is that the government is conscious of it. You also have the President of India announcing that the government will come out with a new industrial policy in tune with Industry 4.0. Now what it means is that the new industrial policy will recognize the challenges to employment of the fourth industrial revolution which is essentially artificial intelligence, automation, technology and quantum computing and data analytics. Now that obviously takes away a lot of the jobs but it also creates more jobs. So I think your question on unemployment can be answered more correctly if we tackle the other issue of education. We need to be prepared to give a head start to our skilling and education programs by which we create people and train them, train them in a manner that they are ready to take up jobs and employment which will be created in larger numbers than the kind of jobs that were created in earlier times. So quality of education and quality of job, these two are the critical things at this moment. At the same time, do you think there is a time to redefine what is job and what is employment? I think there is a view in this country that a job is considered to be a kind of a job that when you do as a permanent job, but an employment is not necessarily a job. So there is a cultural issue here. It's necessary probably to redefine and look at how we define unemployment or how do we define joblessness. A lot of people, if you go out and ask on the streets if somebody is doing a job which is not of our service-oriented uh, 10 to 5 or 9 to 5, even if the person who is driving a car, he may answer they don't know I'm not doing a job so therefore I think it's a cultural issue and it's time that we look at it afresh and address this issue. My final question to you that there is also issue about consumption demand and investment demand. Now the budget is almost uh, 12 days away from now. So do you expect some measures to boost both? Because when we're talking about employment, when we're talking about job, when we talk about farm distress, all these things have also some issues related with this particular consumption demand as well as the investment See, demand. See, there will be definitely some investment demand measures in this budget. You will see investments in various schemes, various projects and I will also not rule out the possibility of some tax incentives by which people are encouraged to consume more and I think this budget will try to address both these concerns. Thank you very much. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on Prime Minister's interaction with economists and road ahead. The participants were A.K. Bhattacharya, economic analyst and Shishir Senha, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsttalks at gmail.com.